Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to The Chosen Ones and Other Tropes, where I ask two published authors about their favorite tropes and the ones that make them want to cry. Um, you know The Hunger Games? And yeah. how I do know The, the Hunger cat- Games. I've heard of it. Yeah, you do know yeah. <laughs> that little, that little. Essentially, what the Dursleys do to him is not parenting, it's child abuse. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, mansplaining a book to you now, Nia. It's fine. Uh, where... <laughs> it might be familiar to you. <laughs> Not as fun, though, is it? <laughs> Tragic, isn't it? Boring. <laughs> Super depressing. <laughs> Neville. It's just not. It's never going to be him. Yeah, Neville. <laughs> just, she shouldn't have done that. Stop trying to make Neville happen. I've had my head. That's <laughs> yeah. since I've been looking at I think you should sing it, Jamie. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> um, let's talk about the trope. Uh, it's a it's a staple. I mean, as far as romance goes, both in fiction, I, I would say in the real world too. It's pretty natural, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. I think as human beings it's common for us to try and surround ourselves with people that have not just like similar skills and interests, but also people that fill, fill out the, the, the gaps we see in ourselves. Hmm. So for this trope to, to make it the trope itself, I think you do, we do have to, we, I think we should say up front that it needs to be the extreme opposites. It needs to be polar opposites. Otherwise I think it's just sort of like, you know, no one's going to be no two people are going to be completely in sync. There's always going to be things they clash on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as simple as it sounds, um, it, it does split off into a few categories, I think. Um, yeah. It can mean a few different things because the, the the thing that's opposite could be a, like a personal uh, trait, a way that someone carries themselves, or, or it, or it um, which I think is the most common, but it could also be like a, a class divide, a cultural difference. Um, so I guess depending on where I mean, depending on where you stand with nature versus nurture, uh, those could be deemed similar. But uh, yeah, it has a bit of a range to it. Um, I've got loads of examples here, but let's hand it over to Naomi. Naomi, what what do you think about opposites attract? So when I first started looking into this, I was like, how is this different from enemies to lovers? <laughs> um, after investigation, uh, I understand it's it's kind of like more of a, a character disposition and how two points of view can play off each other. And I think if you lean hard enough into it, yes, it's a trope. But I also think it's probably at its core just good writing to have characters with different attitudes but common goals. So. Okay. I was thinking of a good example of this. And recently I have been hardcore into the X-Files. And Mulder and Scully, I think, yeah. are such a good example of this. That's a good one. Um, because Mulder is kind of, you know, the strong believer in the supernatural because he had this paranormal event in his childhood and he's grown up to be like a ready believer in the unexplainable. Whereas Scully, you know, conversely, she's like a, a medical examiner and she favors a scientific approach, but together they solve crime. And it just works really well and they bounce off each other so nicely. Um, and I think also as well, um, this doesn't have to be necessarily a romantic trope, although it does come into romantic relationships, uh, mm. which I think is what I like about it. And I think 
generally for me, I just look at this as as good writing, um, just to have different attitudes but common goals. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely the 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 like good things from the writing perspective that we that we talked about on the enemies to lovers, it definitely has all of those things because it has yeah. the conflict already. Yeah, done. exactly. I I guess when looking at this and enemies to lovers, I think another big distinction is they don't have to be enemies. No, that's it. You know, they can yeah. be sort of awkward friends or or like mm-hmm. not even but like yeah, there, there's no need for them to be enemies and also enemies don't ne- enemies to lovers the enemies don't necessarily have to be opposites yeah yeah they could they could have similar point of views just they just are enemies because of something else yeah it's, it's just like different methods of going about the same thing isn't it yeah exactly it's about creating conflict between two characters mm-hmm. how do you how do you create that conflict yeah melissa what do you think uh yeah i agree i think it can definitely cross over into a lot of other tropes and it's quite hard to separate it away from those tropes. So one of the mm. things I noticed when I was looking through examples, and I was actually weirdly chatting to my dad about this, who's read one book ever, and that book is Jane Eyre, and he loves it. <laughs> and he was saying, it's just like in Jane Eyre. And I was like, cool, haven't read it. Tell me a little bit about the story. So guys, if I'm getting this wrong, this is my dad's fault. But he was like, oh yeah, because she's a governess, she's a teacher, and he's like the rich dude in the big mansion. Mm. And they get together and he said, oh, it's a bit like Sound of Music. She's a poor nun with nothing apart from a guitar and a penchant for making children's clothes out of curtains. And he is a nearly Nazi admiral, but is nice, but also rich. And I was like, wow, a lot of these are to do with being rich and poor, actually. Yeah. And I didn't know if that was another trope. Yeah, another I couldn't tell. And that would obviously make people opposites because if you're born into wealth, like we were even thinking about Mark Twain and um, Prince and the Pauper. And I know that's not necessarily romantic, but there are romantic takes on that in like uh-huh. sort of lots of Christmas films and stuff do t- romantic takes on that. And it just made me think, I don't know, there seems to be, that seems to be a big one. I think it's less class and more specifically money almost. Yeah. Like having a really poor person and a really rich person, they teach each other about values and <laughs> you know what they're missing. I don't when I say each other, obviously, I really mean the poor person teaches the rich person. With money. <laughs> Please be more rich. Um, and usually at the end, like the rich, oh, Cinderella, yeah, like the rich person usually marries the poor person and they get to live in the big castle, right? So, yeah, like, oh, the tramp. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a common one, Disney it's just a common one, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I, sure. I, I was thinking about Pride and Prejudice because it's a fun one that always comes up on this podcast. Uh, and originally, I was like, oh, but they're not really opposites because, like, I character-wise, I do find them vaguely similar. But then I realized, no, there, there is like a big, the, 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 there's a big difference between like he is very, um, he's very up on social convention and like likes things done in a certain proper way, whereas she, for the time, is extremely progressive and outspoken for yeah. her yeah. station and, and her um and for being a woman basically which is why it that, works in bridget jones right because obviously yeah. it's like a play on mm. exactly what they're doing there mm. yeah 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 exactly mm. bridget jones is, is a is a good one that is a good example yeah yeah that's about her realizing that the the, the, the like the polite one who is not who's less because she's a bit wild and manic yeah so her going with hugh grant would be he's more similar to yeah. Her yes. In many yeah. ways. So her her going that's for the opposite one was actually healthier for her because they because I think that's the the appeal I think and the kind of the the nice thing about this is is when you put a couple together and they sort of um they 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 kind of catch each other's flaws you know where one of them is 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 flawed the other one kind of spans over to that and and vice versa. I 
I think there's a lot of parallels to real life here. Yeah. Like in this trope, I think um, it's probably quite true of, of real life in the fact that people, I think, often look for opposites. I, I usually I, look for a rich person, yeah, to be honest. <laughs> 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 I, and I was thinking about it in terms of me uh, and, um, and Ollie and how Ollie is very much a do-it-right-first-time kind of guy and he'll spend hours like researching and planning mm-hmm. <gasps> plotting where, yes he's a plotter if he was ever <laughs> a writer. whereas i'll jump straight in and get it wrong probably this the first or second time i'm probably a get it right second or third time kind of gal and yeah. um, it's just interesting how how that kind of you know i think this is this this trope i think um like a lot like the slow burn how we discussed it there is is very representative right. of what's actually real in in real life and i think possibly that's why it's popular because you can just see it working do you know what i mean like it's it's mm-hmm. it's realistic yes exactly obviously in fiction like with all fictional things it's going to be exaggerated but yeah of yeah course. i think it's a very relatable and realistic trope the class thing is everywhere as well um titanic is opposites attract yeah um pocahontas do you know there's i thought they're a really good one um batman and catwoman yeah like oh, yeah. she's a baddie she he's basically wow. a policeman and she's basically a burglar <laughs> like it, yeah. just, it works it's really cool uh, that's so true but, but she'll ultimately do the right thing when it comes down to it which is why they work so yeah yeah that's a good one um going back onto we we dropped a couple of disney ones but there's a ton of disney ones with this mm-hmm. uh beauty and the beast yeah definitely um uh tangled oh yeah. yeah that's a great one tangled i think um i i did tangled and then i was like oh and this and this and this and i realized that there's uh within this trope there's one archetype that i think gets used so much and that's in so we'll we'll start with tangled and that's the 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 two characters are you have the the like wild sort of rough upbringing grumpy cynical usually naughty like scallywag so that's flynn and then mm-hmm. he, he'll be meeting the more sheltered but eager to learn and always optimistic other half which is rapunzel in this mm-hmm. and then that that exact um like setup is what they use in frozen yeah with oh, Anna Anna. and christoph yeah and then also moving out of disney that's what they use in uh that, it's in the breakfast club they do that because you have like the bad boy and then like the oh, rich popular do, girl yeah. mm-hmm. and star wars with han solo and leia yeah i thought of them yeah that one's got more depth though because i think that one oh, like on the on the surface is just the scallywag and the princess mm-hmm. and then you dig deeper on that and it's uh i think the, and, and this works really well with the with especially han solo's character arc assuming mm-hmm. you haven't watched the standalone movie don't worry about that uh where he, he, his thing is that he's selfish and her thing is that she's selfless and because she, she does everything for the rebellion and for the people but he does everything for himself yeah yeah i think that one that one works really well um, yeah for sure but then also aladdin is the same thing disney loves yes, this and that's trope. also poor and rich again. yeah live in her fancy castle <laughs> so, so is frozen and tangled tangled kind yeah. like tangled is eventually but like they all are it's always yeah. a rich princess and a and a poor street kid. A rich person. Do you know? Do you know where else that is? Um, Ron and Hermione. Hermione's kind of like this rich yeah. girl. 
yeah, her parents are dentists. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's making bank. She is totally making bank. No, he's, like, he's a dentist. He's loaded. <laughs> <laughs> Two dentists. Two They're dentists. both dentists. Oh my I mean, god! She just owned the house that she lived in. That's true. Oh, that that okay, house was well okay. nice, right? In central yeah. London, and um, yes, yeah, so, and she's like also quite book smart and serious, but he's kind yeah, yeah, of yeah, emotional yeah, yeah. and funny in yeah. the books. Well, in the movies, in in the books, in the... she's she's not exactly the most serious she's... person. Yeah, she's psychopathic. She's, quite wild. she's much more Wednesday. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. <laughs> Putting people in jars and stuff. Yeah, okay. uh... yeah I, I, the Hermione Ron I thought was a really good one. Cause, mm. and, and not just like as, in terms of class divide. Also, interesting, she's um single child, right? Single, yeah. single yeah. child. Yeah, that's true. With two like, he's, working he's wealthy parents several, and he's yeah. big family in like mm-hmm. a sort of chaotic yeah. environment where they're just like bringing in um, I watched a really stupid reel the other day where it was like, and I never thought about this. This is off topic, but you know how like Harry goes and stays with them for like years. Yeah, and Harry's like super rich, and they're like barely <laughs> yeah, holding it together. Meet, yeah. and I'm like Harry. You know, <laughs> Look, give Harry wasn't money. in Hufflepuff. He was in Gryffindor. Okay? <laughs> God, he's um, not kind. <laughs> he's not kind. <laughs> but Hermione and Ron. Uh, that's this is a this is a fun one, which is the like um, by the book studious and uh, with the rule breaking like lazy like casual yes. person, which is one that um, you see this loads in um, detective shows. This is kind of like you were saying with X Files, um, where uh, Scully is is kind of by the book and mm-hmm. like looking for the scientific reason, and then Mulder is always like, no, it was the <laughs> alien. <Fast-fetched> <laughs> Um, but they do this in all the police shows as well. I realized this is Amy and Jake. Uh, in yeah, Brooklyn, yes. yeah, absolutely. Um, Castle, Bones, The Mentalist. Yeah, Any show Bones, where yeah. there's like the, the, the like slightly off the wall genius who works with the police. Mm-hmm. He'll always, he'll, that, that person will always be paired with the like straight shooting police person. Yeah. Yeah. I think it works nicely with love triangles as well, especially when they have a sort of choice to pick the person who's more similar to them and that seems the most obvious way to go but instead they pick the person that they can like learn more from so Mm. it kind of it's not exactly opposites it's really difficult i was i was struggling to of course wedge within an inch of its life the hunger games into this episode i was like how do i do this we did not but i did it just now so she's like quite similar to gail they even look alike like there's a bit in the book which is a bit weird where they're like oh everyone thinks we're cousins and it was that is weird um whereas obviously the baker's boy um he has a bit more money and in the books that's explored a bit more like they own their own house and they have the bakery Uh, and they make cakes and stuff and obviously he comes from like a not very loving family and she has her sister that she looks after and Mm -hmm. he is very much trying to always see the best in people and politically speaking she could have picked gail the prim reaper to like bomb the whole capital and like be evil and like have revenge all the time or in the end of course she picks peter who is that calmer person who wants to sort of make a world a better place and that's the opposite of how she's feeling and also in um i think it's interesting when they switch it and they pick the wrong person so in black sales um there's a character eleanor who's like the governor's governor's daughter and so she's got money and she's with this character called charles vane who's a pirate and a scallywag (laughs) um and uh spoilers but basically she ends up choosing um to marry a guy who's also rich and comes to the island to become the governor and Mm -hmm. it doesn't end well for her and that's interesting yeah. because she picked somebody, she was like, oh, this person's the person I'm supposed to pick. Like they're from the same class as me. I'm going to pick them. And it doesn't end well. Does she not picked end well. the safe option. Yeah. See, that's yeah. why it was exactly. wrong. 
Well, I mean, that's, it's the same as uh, the PG version, which is just Frozen, right? <laughs> yeah, because he's where a psychopath, picks, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he's the, he's like also uh, has siblings. He's like a royal with, with older yeah. siblings. So he'll yeah. never, in quotes, be king or whatever. Yeah. Um, so she, yeah, she goes with the same form. What's this? Yeah. That's like a weird lesson to be <laughs> teaching kids. Don't pick the obvious safe option. Obvious choice. <laughs> <laughs> Seems a bit wild. Um, mm. I've got a few more fun ones on here. The uh, one of Melissa's favorites, um, the proposal. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Because she, Sandra Bullock, very uptight, career focused. Yeah. And then he, uh, Ryan Reynolds' character is very um, like family orientated and he has aspirations of being, doesn't he, he wants to be an author, right? I think that's his whole thing. No, I think he wants to be, he wants to be an editor. He wants to be what oh, he wants she to be is. An editor. Yeah. He wants to like get head in publishing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. But either, either way, like he, he has aspirations on, on like the kind of creative success where she's yes. just fully yeah. focused and then, um, that's a, that's a fun one, even though we've, we've discussed how insane she is for like <laughs> everything she does there. Um, going back to Beauty and the Beast, mm. uh, cause we didn't, we didn't talk about this. It's it, Beauty and the Beast is an interesting one. Cause it's kind of like, um, this is a very like cookie cutter one where it's, um, one character is, um, melancholy and like kind of sad. And then the other character is optimistic and trying to like move on to the next, next good thing. Mm. Okay. Which I think is quite, a, this one happens quite a lot. Um, I was thinking of Me Before You. Oh, yeah. I Have haven't watched that, that because I don't want to cry. <laughs> it is a bit sad. Okay. Just a little bit. <laughs> Spoilers, quite sad. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> got that from the poster. <laughs> uh, but, but that one's all about, he is extremely depressed with like the way that his life has turned out. And then she comes in and, and they butt heads over the fact that she's like, really happy and he's like just leave me alone yeah and uh, he's rich and she's poor ah oh my there God, it is it's again. everywhere <laughs> <laughs> you can't escape it <laughs> trying to think of one where there is it's no a romance right doesn't she want to like look after him well she's she hired works to as look his after nurse him. yeah yeah not by him though no by right, his okay. mother which uh, is because yeah. he tries to get rid of her yeah right because he's he's depressed borderline suicidal yeah and yes. then they get together just as he says, I maybe don't want to be here anymore. And then magically inherits loads of money so she can live in Paris. And it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Interesting coincidence. Ah, what um, fun. H-E-A if I ever heard <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It all, it all happens well. And then, I mean, another one which is sad um, is A Walk to Remember. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I loved A Walk to Remember when I was younger. I would yeah. just watch it just to be sad. <gasps> just to oh, be sad. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, other than like maybe an episode of The Last of Us, I don't think I've cried as much in a in a film. Oh my yeah, a walk to remember. Oh, it's so but good. That's another um... Mandy Moore and Shane West. Oh, what a time <laughs> to be alive! Uh, let's do a fun one. Here's a fun one: Clueless. Yes. Clueless. Yes. <laughs> Where Love she is, it. she's like super vapid. She's super materialistic. Everything she's is superficial super with her. He's well, he, he's, I think he's, he's similar the background. Yeah. They're step siblings, aren't they? I know. I was just thinking this is the very weird that they're step siblings. Yeah, it's like, but they they say that throughout the movie, like she rejects the idea that he's her brother constantly. So it kind of yeah. it's okay, sort of. Because they only become <laughs> step siblings, siblings yeah, when they're old. Like and... they're already like eighteen. Yeah. Well, he's older. He's like twenty, I think. Um, but yeah, she's like materialism 
superficial and he's yeah. very much like intellectualism sort of um, yeah. political yeah. like snobby. wants to work hard <laughs> but uh, she's also not stupid yeah but she kind of plays into the she plays into like i'm a dumb blonde yeah thing. that one that one's a fun one i thought uh that's a good film and it was it's <laughs> it's a classic <laughs> and it's, that that one I, I think works it, it has a nice resolution it, the, the the arc is good mm-hmm. um here's one i found where the entire premise of the show, at least at the start, was based around this trope. Um, and that was the Big Bang Theory. Uh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see you can mean. totally see it. Yeah. yeah. With Penny. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. the whole thing is just the, the, the show, the whole start of the show is there's a, here's the, the attractive, extroverted, outgoing blonde girl. Yeah. And here is the nerd who lives with his super nerdy, pop culture obsessed friends yeah and then the humor comes from i think it this isn't it like when you look at it uh, when i looked at it in this terms of this i was like oh this is such a great way to derive comedy because it's like the humor comes from penny's exposure to this kind of non-stop nerdy culture mm-hmm. and then conversely there's also humor that comes from leonard and and um sheldon being exposed to her as like an extroverted socialite kind of person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i thought so i thought that was an interesting one yeah, that's that whole. That's just the whole premise in it, isn't it? In that yeah. show, yeah. I yeah. mean, it evolves way beyond that. Obviously, there's like a million seasons of it. Yeah, but. which does help, but it works with friendships there too, which is nice. Like you have friendships that work, like her and Sheldon. Yeah, yeah, are her and a really Sheldon. nice dynamic, even though they're obviously very opposite. The show basically becomes about her and Sheldon. Yeah, I was going to say because that's <laughs> that's actually a much better like written relationship. Yeah, than it is. Really. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Probably because the romance actually muddies the water there mm-hmm. where i think it, it just, makes it weirder it just takes the tension out of it though there's like because he's yeah. lusting after this girl you know like in fraser with um niles and daphne <laughs> love niles yeah but there was like no tension in the show when they got together after they got together yeah, like, the show just right. lost it it's the same with penny and leonard yeah and when there's a real life romance at the same time that's always Difficult, oh, was isn't that? It? Was she going? Yeah, with him? I thought she married yeah. a tennis player, and then like uh, she has married a tennis player at one point. Yes, and then divorced him like <laughs> six months later. Here's the tea. This is now a gossip podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, totally distracted. Let's get back to princesses marrying paupers. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys got got any other any other examples before I move on to platonic? Yes, I thought of that '70s show. You know, with Eric and Donna. Because uh-huh. Eric is kind of really scrawny and has basically verbal diarrhea, but Donna is like strong and confident and kind of a tomboy, and she's just obviously way more dominant. <laughs> and he's quite <laughs> passive and submissive, I think. So <laughs> dominant and submissives is this where we're going now? <laughs> <laughs> Fifty Shades. He's rich. She's poor. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's that too. <laughs> oh my god, it's everywhere. And then I thought, I thought of Buffy and Spike. Because um, she wants to kill the bad guys, and he reluctantly has to later on in the series, um, and he's he's kind of forced to go along with what she wants. Buffy and Spike are definitely opposites. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 hundred yeah. percent. Oh, how much? How much of the time do you think? I mean, this is more more with TV because obviously movies usually the the movie usually wraps with the couple getting together. And yeah, it's kind of towards the end. But with TV, how much do you think? Like, because Buffy and Spike is a good example, and then there's a few other ones as well. Uh, some of these couples actually lose their oppositeness as they go onwards. Like Buffy and Spike, I think the later that, the longer that goes, the more, the less like 
um, clashing they have between them because they they kind of fall into line together. Mm. Whereas someone like in Brooklyn Nine Nine, I think Amy and Jake, yeah, don't change. Like Jake is still like silly and goofy, and Amy still loves a ring binder. <laughs> like, yeah, even when they're married and stuff. Yeah, that's interesting, actually, because does it matter character art wise if you're going to use opposites to track from a writing perspective? Does it matter if it's different? I think in a TV series, because the problem is you don't, especially Brooklyn One Nine. Who knows how many series it's ever going to have because it just kind of pops up, doesn't it? it? So maybe that's why they can't change now, as much. I'm pretty well, sure. Well, that's finished. the thing; it, it finishes every six months or so. Doesn't oh, okay. it? it just pops back <laughs> it's up. Finished for now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> finished for now. Exactly. Um, whereas when you've got like a book or just like a standalone film or something, I think mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier to decide to have the character arc that they learn from each other and become the best part it's like you were saying like filling in the best parts of each other yeah Yeah. i think it's harder in a tv series yeah i I guess with a movie yours or a tv like i mean ross and rachel the the you know the show ends with Mm -hmm. ross and rachel um getting together so you never really have to see i mean they, they have been together at different points on and off but it, you know, in a movie, the, the, you'll never see them actually having a relationship and working at the relationship because right. it ends before you see that. Yeah, which is kind of like a get out of jail free card, um, <laughs> which actually comes into some of the things that I thought were problematic about this. But well, let's let's do platonic stuff first because sure. um, one of you mentioned that this works in platonic. I can't remember yeah. which one, but um, I had some cool examples for platonic. I don't know if you guys have seen a movie called uh, The Intouchables, which is a French film. No, and it's about it's so good. I, I, I honestly recommend anyone watch it. It's about a <laughs> uh, a very rich, <laughs> a very rich um, guy who who uh, who is in in a wheelchair. He's like I think yes. he's mostly paralyzed. I've seen this. Yeah, and he gets like a, a helper, doesn't he? Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. he. He his like the, the the people who work for him are like trying to show him the different help and they're like suggesting different people and they're showing them all these qualifications and stuff and then it randomly pops up with this one guy who has like no qualifications. He's yeah. um I think he's been like involved in some like crimes, like he's 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 from a rough part of the town mm-hmm. and uh he, he ends up employing him and um they're obviously complete opposites and like obviously he doesn't treat him the way that anyone else treats him and like so th- they yeah. kind of very quickly become really, really close and like really good friends and then start doing all these things that he's not supposed to be doing and like things like that. And, and it's just this beautiful like friendship between these two people who are so like um, opposite ends of of the like social cultural spectrum. It's amazing. Ah, yeah. That's that a really nice. good film actually. You just remind so me all about good. it. It's really heartwarming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they, there's, there's a really weird remake of it with Kevin oh. Hart and- no. Brian Cranston. No. Yeah. Wow. And I just thought, why? Why That's have you done That's a really this? weird duo. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Is uh, Brian Cranston the one in the wheelchair? Yeah. 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 Kevin Hart would be the comedy relief, wouldn't he? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, I don't think it's played as a comedy. I think they, they play it straight. So oh, it's I of, don't know. I hope he's not playing Kevin Hart in that role. It would be very yeah, strange to see him doing his normal stuff in that role <laughs> it's mm. the, the guy who does it in the original film is um omar sai who is in the mm. jurassic world movies and he's in um oh my god Lu- uh, uh lupin or lupin and if you've ever seen that on netflix the the, the french detective show oh no i haven't seen that no one. french he's like a french master thief oh yeah, anyway he's amazing on our list yeah he's great other platonic ones i had mm-hmm. up 
Yeah, that's great. That's kind of Grumpy Sunshine as well, isn't it? Did we talk about that, Grumpy? Well, Grumpy Sunshine is this, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it feels a little bit, yeah, a lot Definitely of crossover. crossover. Well, it has to be because Grumpy Sunshine is opposites. Yeah. Yes. So Grumpy Sunshine is, is just a subsect of this. So any Grumpy Sunshine is this. Yeah. Yeah. By its um, nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so if you want to hear more about Grumpy Sunshine, check out our other episode. <laughs> <laughs> nice little plug. <laughs> uh, and then also Lethal Weapon um, is an easy one. It's the I'm too old for this. And again, like Buddy Cop kind of has uh, to yeah. almost like be this. Yeah. Like Men in Black, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, they're quite opposites. It doesn't always have to be this, but a lot of the time it is this. I think the time when Buddy Cop isn't this is when they're rivals. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the time it's, yeah, Lethal Weapon, Men in Black, all that. So do you yeah. think it, it transcends into the mentor-mentee relationship a little bit? Is that what mm. we're saying? I was thinking that. And then I yeah. thought, nah, I can't mention Kung Fu Panda again. <laughs> <Unless."> <laughs> However, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> but since Naomi brought it up. <laughs> I'll allow it, I'll allow it. Yeah, especially the reluctant mentor. Yeah, um, that's true. I think it's popular in... Um, so I can think now of lots of examples of where it's like two side characters and they're like a, a double act team. So I was yes. thinking of like Rocket and Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, And obviously he's like the really mm. smart. And there's always one that's the muscle and one that's the brains. And that's yes. a really common pairing yeah, so in these good. things. There's one in the Gone books as well, where it's like a really smart kid who actually works at an entire currency system. But he keeps getting beaten up. So he makes friends with the really big kid that can protect him. And <sighs> yeah. they kind of form this duo and they are complete opposites. But yeah. And you sometimes, as because they're always side characters, you think, what do these people even talk about behind closed doors? But they just seem to work and they have like this way of understanding mm. each other. They fill in each other's blanks. That's um, Reed Richards and Ben Grimm in the Fantastic Four. Like their backstory yes. is that yeah, he was, at school he was really nerdy and Ben Grimm was big and like yeah. quiet. Yeah. I'm just thinking of Hamish and Effie as well in The Hunger Games. Yeah. Hamish, it's not Hamish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hamish. Because yeah. they're not romantic in the books. No. No. They're not romantic in the movies, are they? They try and like wedge it in to the, the final fourth hour of the final nah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hamish's character arc was getting sober rather than. <laughs> I feel like that's enough of an arc. Like yeah. there's enough within that. That's that can be such a deep, like multifaceted journey that you don't need to also tag a romance onto that. Exactly. Also dangerous territory to tag a romance onto that because it's like what what uh, you know what's going on here not that it's like necessarily bad but it could be like a weird it could be quite unhealthy yeah exactly like yeah is this like a savior mm -hmm. uh, complex thing that yeah. yeah i mean in the movie don't they imprison effie it's a bit weird <laughs> i think <laughs> like kidnap her and bring her to uh, district 13 bit strange, yeah and then right? say like you can come out your room by the way and she's like yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd be like happy I'd be hiding in my room <laughs> you're not a prisoner here are you but sure you but you just took me against <laughs> my will you're, yeah. you're not a prisoner of that room you're just a prisoner <laughs> of the entire complex yeah. <laughs> um, well speaking of since we're on problematic stuff did you guys did you guys think there's any sort of problematic things that come up can come around uh, with this hmm I didn't really think of any. Did you, Naomi? No, so I was about to say, I'll be a list curious to hear what you've got to say because I couldn't really yeah. think of anything. I, I thought it was just good writing, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's just good business. Just good um, business. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I did think of, and this is, I, I've, I've deliberately not mentioned this because I thought I'd save it for 
because it's pretty as far as the trope goes i'm like yeah whatever it's like the others but i thought it was more interesting as a as a potential problematic thing um is when one person uh has to sort of um tries to change the way that they are the way they look to meet the expectations of the other person and i think I think it can be fine. I think you can do this and make it work because a lot of the times it's played off as like a funny mistake where they like, they both do the thing and then they're like the reveal and they're both like meeting each other halfway and you're like, oh, it's cute, blah, blah, blah. But I thought there's one where it kind of toes the line and that's Grease with Danny oh, and Sandy. yeah. Right. That's so unhealthy. Because you, yeah, you get to that end point and like yeah. Sandy has obviously like, she's like, I'm, do- I'm going all out. I'm, she's, she's like sprayed trousers onto her legs. <laughs> she's, she's got the jacket. She's got the cigarette. Got the hair. Her like, yeah, it's all done. She's literally gone all out to get Danny's attention. And, and granted, he, it's already been established at this point that he's aware of his feelings for her. He's accepted them and he does want to like, um, try and like meet her slightly not it's not it's nowhere near halfway but he like puts on a letterman cardigan yeah uh, it's not the same at all is it right because that's it yeah. the rest of his clothes are the same and also he ditches that cardigan within seconds yes absolutely of seeing Sandy. and just accepts her yeah <laughs> right which is which is even worse it's even worse that he ditches it because yeah. it's sort of like him in his brain going oh well she's jumped over to my side so yes, i don't need to I meet her halfway at all yeah. Yeah. yeah which i think is problematic <laughs> yeah and you're not you're not growing there i think also when it's um platonic as we were talking about and especially when it's the thing of like the smart nerdy person and the big tank i yeah. feel like it, that can really be used they usually the smart person's using the person who is big and strong so like mm-hmm. in in the gone series of books by michael grant um this one where it's albert and howard and albert's the one that's like really smart and comes up with a currency and stuff he is quite clearly using howard like it's, mm-hmm. it's some some of the things he thinks about howard because it's multi-point of view you're like oh you're right but oh that's a bit rough and i think sometimes they obviously try and be better about it in say goddess of the galaxy but sometimes rocket especially earlier on in the film like does use Groot and and people are asking oh is Groot okay it's like he's fine like he's fine he's just here to be like the tree guy he's just a tree and i know that obviously deep down he likes him but i think it can be a bit of a power struggle and sometimes it can be using another character Mm -hmm. yeah that but I, uh, in the defense of Guardians of the Galaxy, I would say that Rocket is not exactly portrayed as like a uh, pillar of virtue and morality. <laughs> what do you mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think they balance that out by being like Rocket is yes. R- Rocket can also be very defensive over Groot when someone yes. other than him is like. Yeah, that's you know, they definitely make it better as well as the thing goes on, and he definitely reveals his feelings a little bit more. But yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Although I mean, you could always you could also make the argument that it's like, oh, the big strong character is using the intelligent person because it's like, can't be bothered to think of stuff. I'll just let them do all the hard work. And <laughs> I don't I'll know just, if you can know. you use someone if you're not smart enough to think of it. That's the thing, <laughs> isn't it? Because they're usually pretty dumb. The big character. <laughs> that sounds like a D and D character creation paradox. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> roll for intelligence too. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on so uh, as an expansion of that. I think there's also a risk uh, of with this trope and th- I, this is the same with, if you're writing any kind of romance, this is always a danger to think of is the risk mm-hmm. of romanticizing toxic traits. So like controlling or minute manipulative actions, like we're saying with rocket um, yeah. uh, and, and then portraying those as 
uh, well, not romantic in Rocket Rocket's case, but yeah. romantic. Fifty or Shades or... does that though. Fifty Shades <laughs> right. is opposites, yeah. but obviously the opposites are so weird, and there's literally a contract to show how opposite oh. they are and to keep the other person down and keep <sighs> the submissive like down. Let's yeah, not but go consent. Too far into she signed yes. it. Uh, does, does no, she, she doesn't sign it. Oh, she doesn't. I don't think <laughs> she does. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a oh, point. He, he's like to hell with yeah. the contract. We'll do yeah, it anyway. Never, she never signs it. <laughs> Um, well, I was thinking of Twilight, but I think Fifty Shades is better. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is a fan fiction of Twilight. To be fair, true. Yeah. true. We'll go to the. We'll go to the source. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, because Twilight is uh, opposites attract uh, like in a triangle, which is kind of interesting because obviously yeah, Jacob true. is supposed to be the opposite of um, Edward. I forgot yeah. his name for a sec. There. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious one. because they're both extremely controlling and manipulative. So yeah. <laughs> just in very That's different true. ways. Yeah, but one's hot and one's cold. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're um, opposites. They're different people, you know. <laughs> different personality traits. <laughs> uh if, if we're gonna go, go for some some more classic literature, um, Wuthering Heights, uh Heathcliff, he Heathcliff and Catherine are are very cruel and ah, mani- yes. manipulative towards each other, but that is played off as um, romantic and like, oh, it's just part of the courtship. And yeah. again, Heathcliff is really poor and I think yeah. Catherine's okay. <laughs> Damn it. Gentry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, it's been enlightening how much wealth divide comes <laughs> yeah. into this trope. Yeah, that's really interesting. Is that, that's like a worrying social construct, isn't it? Oh no, it really we're is. opposites because I'm rich and you're poor. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't know how that makes me feel. Yeah, it's not the best, especially when it's the one thing what my dad thought of from the one book he's ever read, and it <laughs> appears to be true for everyone. It does appear to be true. Yeah, your dad's got something there. I would also say there's a huge leaning, and this is obviously weighted by Disney, but there's a huge leaning towards the female character being the wealthy one and the prim, sort of proper one, and the male character being mm. the ragamuffin and the, yeah. the yeah. from the streets bit rough so Gross. i actually think there's like a leaning towards the woman being the crazy zany one like you okay. see that in, in yeah like you see that in anna in frozen uh bridget jones but yeah the female character being the kind of zany one and then the, the guy coming in being the more serious type i don't right I don't know. It's a little bit toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because even if you go back to Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. For the time, she's... She's kind of out there, isn't she? She's the wild one. Yeah. Sound of music. Yeah. Yeah. She's so crazy playing that guitar when she's supposed to be a nun. Wild. But but then you do get ones like The Breakfast Club where he's the rebel. I don't know though. Because it feels like... It feels... um, I'll tell you what it feels like. It feels generational. Like, yes, it feels like the older ones. Yes. And then th- there was a stage through like the 70s oh, through to the really 90s yeah. where yeah. it was always the the ma- the male character was the like was the the poor street urchin Aladdin type character and the female was always the princess. So I, I don't think I necessarily mean like um princess and pauper i just mean sorry like, yeah yeah generally w- women are portrayed as kind of uh wild um and almost need to be i don't know do you think it's because 
Um, and if we're talking in, if we're talking eras as well, like seventies through to like two thousands, strong male characters yeah. were always like emotionless, broody, yeah, yeah, like bad boys. And yeah. like you, the only way you can write an interesting story there is if the then the the, the character offsetting them is yeah. like Total crazy, opposite. like a bit yeah. wacky and like fun and, and bubbly and emotional, yeah, 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 possibly. Because you, yeah, you can't have. You can't just have two like. It'd be, too, it'd be a really boring book. Wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it would be Twilight, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where everyone's broody. Yeah, everyone's yeah. broody. God, who's the comic relief in Twilight? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great Emmett. Emmett, no. Um, who's her friend at school? The one you found. Oh, Anna Kendrick. No, Mike. 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 Yeah, she works with him in the books. To be fair, he's a bigger character. Yeah. You're right. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What do you guys think though? Would you, I mean, would you actively write this or would this just be something that you think would accidentally, you'd be like, oh yeah, I guess this does fit to that trope. Mm. I think I've probably done it by accident because um, up until now I thought it was enemies to lovers. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but I think it's really good um, and I'm super into the X-Files at the moment. So I'm, I'm loving nice. it. So I definitely write it more purposefully, I think. I like yeah. that. Agree. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it feels it's just a less it's kind of a less direct version of Enemies to Lovers, right? Right. It's yeah. less like chained down and focused on a specific thing. It's more just. I again, I think it is just it's just good character conflict. It's um, yeah, it's just good writing. Yeah, it's like uh, we said, like you know, Grumpy and Sunshine is always going to be this. It's this, it's the same thing. Grumpy and Sunshine is just a fun way to mix your characters together. This is just another you know different mm-hmm. iterations of doing that same thing. Yeah, it's a thumbs up from me. I agree. Well. That's that then, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for putting up with our nonsense for another episode. To stay tuned to everything we're up to, you can follow the podcast on all socials at The Chosen Tropes. Follow Melissa at Meliva, Naomi at Naomi G. Writes, and Jamie at Jamie X. Greenwood. Don't forget to check out Naomi and Melissa's books as well as the Right and Wrong podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next trope.